Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant County Down, who I think are the most relevant players across your Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy sides for the 2023 season. A big name today, and he hasn't been this low in the 50, probably ever. Max Gorn is on the conversation as we get to the number 28 spot. We love having this man on the coaches panel, and he's a regular feature. Kane is back for yet another big episode. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Yes, very big. Very tall man. Yes. Very high scoring man. Yes. Very big, complicated new situation at Melbourne I, in the ruck department. I like giving you the tricky ones. Uh, and, and I don't feel like I've given you any easy ones at any point where you go, no, you pass or no, you start. Every single player you've had this season is complex. And for that very reason, you've talked about Max gone Historically, oh, top ruck, jog on next. But now something substantial has changed, which we'll get to in a minute. 31 years of age. His top score last year was a 152 against Collingwood. That's in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. While he just narrowly missed hitting another double ton in Supercoach. It was a 198 against the Swans. 154 is his career high score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. So almost hit that marker last year. That was back in 2019 against the Kangaroos. And in that same game, a career high, 212 for Supercoach. His price point is linked to the average, and that's a 103.2 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. In those formats, he's going to set you back just over $910,000 in AFL Fantasy and just a touch under $940,000 in Dream Team. While Supercoach, his average of 113 means he's priced at $622,100. Kane, it's normally at this point in the podcast, we wax lyrical about a player's seasonal average. We talk about how many hundreds they've got over a previous season, how many 120s, how many sub 80s they might have had, where they ranked inside the top portion of the AFL to highlight their scoring power and pedigree and ability. And then we get to the part of the podcast where it's like that. Okay, well, that's the past. Let's forecast for. And we could do that with Max Gorn. But I feel like we'd be wasting about five minutes of oxygen for people. Because if you've played fantasy footy, regardless of the format, for more than a year, you know this. Max is the best scoring ruck in the game and has been for a long period of time. However, one big thing has changed. He now has arguably the other best scoring ruck in the game now joining him in the side and so to talk about what he's done in the past it's kind of pointless because so much has changed in the offseason for the D's yeah it's been massive MJ I think it was something that no one quite believed when it was rumored you know towards the back end of last year that this could actually be a destination for Grundy Mm. Melbourne but um, from a Melbourne point of view it sounded like once they heard he was available they were straight on the case and they were really keen to acquire him so I'm curious on how it breaks down. You know, there only can be one ruck going up in a ruck contest these yeah. days. So um, it's fascinating because Gorn, especially last year and the year prior, did have a really solid second ruck in the team. You know, Luke Jackson mm. was a young ruckman, super athletic guy, 
and that split tended to be about you know anywhere from 50 50 all the way up to sort of 75 25 in Gorn's favor depending on yeah. the matchup and that was a big thing with Melbourne that does make it tricky with Gorn is there were certain matchups where they said this is a matchup for Jackson this is a matchup yes. for Gorn so for example I remember in round two against the Suns you know Jared Witt's second game off an ACL they use Jackson more yeah. in that role because he's so athletic. He's so quick around the ground for a Ruckman. His follow-up work is so impressive. So that's the thing we're going to have to be careful with, with Gorn is, is there matchups that they say, this is more of a Gorn matchup? Yeah. This is more of a Grundy matchup. And that's something we don't really want in our sides at the most part is we want to sort of see how it plays out when we know that these Ruckman who are the big scorers, have the lion's share, you know, 65% plus. Mm. Um, and they clearly both can't have 65% as the primary ruck. So, um, you know, on one hand, Max Gorn's the captain. He's yep. a premiership captain. Yep. Um, he's more familiar with the Melbourne system. And that's the thing with these with these big moves is, you know, obviously they'd want to incorporate, in the, incorporate Grundy in the team. They think there's a role for him. They think there's a way they can use both of them. But I think a positive for Gorn is, if it wasn't working with that ruck tandem and they had to go a smaller forward line or a more traditional forward, it probably would be Grundy that's squeezed out. Yeah. Now, again, $600,000 or whatever that salary is, is a lot of money yes. for a guy. But also if it's not working, you know, it's a team sport at the end of the day. And then Gorn, in my mind, is that better pure ruckman. Um, Melbourne doesn't really have someone racking up those numbers that was sort of peak Grundy where he's that extra midfielder. You know, they're pretty yeah. set with, Oliver, Petrarca, Viney, Brayshaw. And that's a pretty stable core. They don't really ask yeah. Gorn to run around and rack up the footy like that. So nah. um, I think in that pure hit-out style, that's you know Gorn's advantage. Um, but it's fascinating, MJ, because Gorn clearly, when he is the solo ruck, he's through the roof. He only had one game last year where he didn't have Jackson in the team. And he went 149 in DT and 172 in Supercoach. Beast. So that's the thing. There is value there if he's the sole ruck, but clearly it, as we start, you know, towards the end of Jan, we think that Grundy's in the team. We know Gorn's yep. dealing with a hamstring that time of recording, we don't quite know how that shakes out. Sure. But I think that's the only case you could really make for Gorn is that he's the one experienced in the system. He's yeah. the captain of the club. There's no structure that I see that says this isn't a week where Gorn plays. Yes, I agree. So I think that's the thing. At the moment, if you think Gorn has some upside, which he clearly does if he's just unleashed as a 75, 80% Ruckman. Mm. But at the same time, you know that Grundy's going to at least get a fair crack at cementing his spot, trialing whatever they've worked on in the preseason to integrate both of these two guys. And um, while Gorn can play high time on ground, which is a real positive, yes, um, we know being behind the ball, being key forward, they're volatile roles in terms of if you're just doing your ruck and then tacking on at full back or tacking on at full forward, mm. you can have bursts where you clunk a mark, kick a goal, and the points fly in. But other times you can just be left out of the play for what feels like a whole quarter. So, yeah. you know, you clearly want your ruckman on the ball and it's just not going to be able to happen. So I think for me, simply he's, he's a watch. We watch yeah. him how he goes. But obviously, as I said, things could break in terms of pick up a forward status yes. after you know playing a 50-50 forward ruck role. 
And again, it only takes an injury or Melbourne to play, you know, not to their standard and lose some games and have to shake things up mm. or someone in the VFL to really step up. You know, Van Ruin hasn't debuted yet. They just spent an early pick on Jefferson, who's another four. Yeah. McDonald never really got healthy last year. So, no. And Brown was avenues. questionable during the year as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's definitely guys that, um, you know, when you're structuring up your team, um, that's who I think Grundy's really competing with. Is yes, he's providing some some ruck support, but he's going to have to be really delivering up forward for mine. He's going to have to be providing, you know, an avenue to goal because, you know, if there's some young guys like I mentioned, Van Ruin or Jefferson, there's some experienced guys like Brown and McDonald that can be, you know, 45, 50-plus goal kickers in a season. Um, mm. The way Melbourne blends that forward line is it seems to be the three smalls who rarely miss in Spargo, Neil Bullen and Pickett. Yep. You know you've got Fritch down there as the fourth sort of hybrid and then you roll through that that midfielder. You know, usually it's a Petrarca, but Oliver's actually, with his height and strength, a pretty reliable option too. So you throw in a couple of key forwards and a Ruckman and all those type of things, that that mix between the ruck line and the forward line, how they work together, really fascinates me. And I think that's going to be the key for Gorn. If Grundy's just not able to clunk those marks, bring the ball yeah. to ground, you know, apply some pressure, um, I think his spot could be in question, even though it is a big acquisition. And they yeah, obviously at the true. moment, I feel like they have the intention of getting him in at all costs, giving him a go, supporting Gorn, who, as you mentioned off the top, He's a bit older now. You know, he's in his early 30s. Um, so there's some, clearly some management there. But um, starting price, it seems hard because it is quite a fair price. Like it wasn't a massive gone season, but it was still no. really, really good. Um, so for me, I think the reason he's got to be on this list is only takes an injury to Grundy, some poor form from Melbourne and maybe even some key forwards to be just firing at VFL level and sort Correct. of earn their spot. And then Gorn's a solo ruck again. You know, getting 80% ruck with a Tom McDonald, a Ben Brown, these types of guys just chipping in. Yeah. So that's what I think is really fascinating is that ceiling is still there. It really is. And it's the reminder for you as you're listening to this podcast, maybe you've seen the name, even read the article at coachespanel.tv going, boys, he's not a top two ruck. He's not a value ruck. Why is Gorn in the 50 most relevant? Well, it's another reminder for us that this is not the top scoring 50 players or the top 50 value players. It is the 50 players that I think are going to be the most relevant. And what happens with Gorn is hugely relevant because it has cascading impacts, not just for him directly, but for Grundy, for how that midfield mix in general works. You mentioned about how good Grundy is early days in his career, maybe not so much the past year or two as he battled some injury and some form at Collingwood. But he was the extra midfielder in that side. Gorn was that too. Now they really can do some fun structural stuff to make a significant difference. As I think about Gorn forward, what you're looking for is if he does play more time forward, one, there's a DPP gain. And that that could be really significant, especially in Supercoach, where hitouts to advantage, contested marks, um, the weighting of your impact of what you do at certain times of the game can increase the scoring um, benefit for you too. I, I think if you're a Gorn owner, you know, or want to be a Gorn owner, you know, up forward, he hasn't been great, but you're looking for moments over his career to go, can he put it together where he shares the ruck with someone and does a great job forward? And the most 
prominent game that comes to my mind for that is the preliminary final of 2021, Kane, against Geelong. In that game, uh, his centre bounce attendances were his second lowest in the season. It was 59%. It was only round seven against North Melbourne. Um, And in that game, we saw Luke Jackson have an almost season high, 41%. The only one was higher in that year of 2021, 42, round seven against North Melbourne. So intrinsically linked. But what happened in that preliminary final? Here's his stat line. 19 possessions, five marks, 33 hitouts, six tackles, five goals. Unicorn game, no doubt about that. But if you're looking for a moment to go, can Gorn play a valuable role outside of the ruck? A game like that gives you some, oh, a little bit of confidence that he can do it. And then I'm curious on this question, Kane, that I want to throw to you. Um, About a decade ago, there was another dominant ruck duo. And if you haven't played fantasy footy for that long, you, you don't know who I'm talking about. But West Coast had themselves a similar dilemma. They didn't trade into it in the same way Melbourne have, but they had probably the best ruckman in the AFL at the time, Dean Cox, and then they drafted what was to be one of the best AFL ruckmen for a good chunk of his career, Nick Natanui. So we have seen them coexist. Both have great seasons. And fantasy-wise not really eat each other too much. Yeah, well, it's, it's fascinating, MJ, because in 2011, Dean Cox actually had his career high year with Nick Nat, which yeah. is pretty fascinating because we know that Dean Cox was A beast. You know, the best fantasy ruckman. So in 2011, Cox went at 107.5 across 22 games in DT and 122 in Supercoach. Mm. Nick Nat in 2011 played 20 games, 75 DT, 93 Supercoach. And then jumping forward the next year, Cox, 99.6 across 22 games in DT, 112 in Supercoach. And, yeah, wow. and Nick Nat was 86 DT, 113 in Supercoach. So clearly, as you can pick up there, Supercoach, we obviously know with the way that scoring system works, being hyper-efficient, you know, really giving that midfield first use, which both of those guys were amazing at. Um, those are elite numbers. And those are right on that you know, elite top handful of Ruckman and Supercoach. Yeah. Um, looking at Nick Nat, 86 in 2012, 2015 is his highest averaging year, which was an 88. So yeah. if you think about that, that Dean Cox had his career high alongside him, it shows it is possible. Mm. Um, I think clearly what you're looking for there is points per minute. And that's yes. why if you're in that matchup, you know, if you're a Nick Nat and you're as good as a number one Ruck, you're going to get some time matched up against that second ruck or that, you know, that third tall that has to come in and do a role. So, you know, a lot of these rucks, they're hovering around that 55, the best is sort of at 60% hit out win rate. Yeah. And that's important because if there's only a hundred ruck contests a game for Max and Grundy to share, and let's just say they take 50, 50. Sure. Lion share. That's basically 50 hit outs for Melbourne to Mm -hmm. grab. So if they take 50, 50 of them, they win their hitouts at just say 50% because it's easy maths for us, MJ. That's yeah. only 25 hitouts a game. Now, we know when Grundy was putting up his massive seasons. Well, over like his, you know, yeah, he was he was 38 and a half and 41. Now, those mm. are his incredible Careers. alpha season where he's 
120 plus and, you know, was one of the best players in the comp. And Gorn, his has come back to earth a bit as, you know, Jackson's come into that side. But, you know, he sure. had season in 28 where he was, 2018 where he was going 45 and a half, yeah. 39 and a half. So, again, last year though, Gorn was at 26 because that's tended to be how they went together. You know, uh, Grundy was at 30. So that can sort of sustain. But as we know, the hard thing is if you're not getting those ruck contests as much, mm. if you're not, if you're only splitting 50-50, harder to get that hat kick, that rush tamble, that tackle. Um, and I think that's what's so fascinating, MJ, is how yeah. each of them perform in the forward line will have a massive impact. If, if Gorn is clunking everything in the forward line <laughs> and he's converting his shots at goal, well, then he might only have to spend 25 to 30% in the ruck. And that's huge for Grundy. Yes. Because Grundy, and he's, he's, he's used to being a 75, 80% guy. Like that's yeah. just what all his best years have been. He's been that key ruck. So if Gorn's on fire down there, happy days. It might be Grundy that gets that bump. Yeah. But obviously, like I said earlier, conversely, if Gorn's not really going well and Grundy's not really going well, again, it might open the door for that other forward to come in. And again, I just don't see Gorn being out of the side. No, no, no. And the, no, and the no, other no. issue is as well is down back, Melbourne's set for t- tools. That trio of Petty, Lever and May. They got it. That That's all you really need. So if you start putting a Gorn behind there, even as a loose, and, and that was something that we saw Richmond do a lot where they wouldn't actually put and then curve us in the ruck in the forward line, in yeah. their forward line. They would say, you sit at about 60 metres out. Yep. We'll put a Rewald or someone else in there or even a Sean Grigg. And if you <laughs> want to hack, kick it out of there, that's where Toby is. But yeah, clearly, correct. Maybe that's where a Grundier and a Gorn, you know, one does take the forward stoppage, the other sits on the 60. Mm. But it's tough. And I think that's the real big unknown, MJ, is that it could break a certain way for Gorn more than Grundy. Yes. But he's just back to his best. Yes. He's just back to his best. And I think for me, that's why I would have Gorn ahead of Grundy. Now, I know he's yeah. dealing with the hamstring at the moment, but I just see if it broke right, for Gorn. And then we're mm. talking non clearly if one of them goes down with a long injury. Oh, the other skyrockets. But I think yeah. if we're not talking injury and we're just talking how Melbourne could structure up to win games. Coexist. Because yeah. that's the thing you've always got to think about is what what could happen here? Who who could move? We've spoken about that earlier with Brayshaw. Yeah. You know, people say Lockie Hunter comes in, but he's Lockie Hunter better than a James Jordan. Yeah. You know, what if you lose right. what if you lose you know, a half back. Well, Brayshaw is probably a better half back than a James Harms who could replace Brayshaw in the mids. That's what's mm. so fascinating with these the teams. Cascading one yeah, yeah, it cascades really quickly. But a captain of a club who's a premiership captain who is superior in my eyes as the tap ruckman and that centre bounce ruckman. Correct. He's not going to lose that chance. No. Again, if you're a Grundy owner, you're saying, Max, I hope you go forward and kick 60 goals this year. And right. basically be a, a pseudo full forward that splits time in the ruck because you're wanting 70% with Grundy to really cash in. I um, think so. So it's fascinating, MJ. And that's where I think for draft, it gets really interesting because we know with draft, yep. you're going for gold. All, all you're going for- That year, it doesn't upside. matter everything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think- in, that's where the value is going to be tricky. Yeah. Well, I would presume most will draft- uh, max no earlier than the third ruck off the board. Now, some will say, uh, I see the upside of Grundy. 
Um, and so Grundy might be third. Others might go Sean Darcy. I'm not as worried about the Jackson split there. I think he's a bit more aerobically going to be able to not have to eat the center bounces. So a lot of people's draft boards with their ruck ranks all will have English at one. I'd be really surprised if someone says, I don't think Tim English is the number one ruck. Some will question Marshall at two. For me, I just don't see anyone else playing a lead ruck role. He'll always share with someone. Every ruckman shares. It's question of percentage and how much. And so I think Marshall will be likely on draft boards, people's ranked number two, unless they're drafting off previous year's ranks and averages. That's a different story. Gorn could go anywhere at third, fourth, or fifth. He could. Re- I don't see him regressing under 100 in Supercoach, um, I, I, and I can't see him going under 90 in Dream Team and Fantasy. I'll, I'll make a statement, and then I'm, I'll, I'll curious on your ranking. Just because he dips his scoring doesn't mean he drifts his spot in where he finishes ranked against the other four, other rucks. So even if he drops in Supercoach down to 100, he could still be a top two or three ruck. Even if he drops down to a 95 ruck, still could be that. He picks up a DPP, a variable injury changes. So much can happen. That's why we talk about relevance through this series. Um, you introduced me to this concept maybe a year or two ago, um, basically where it's you tear out everybody in their division. So all the forwards, you group them in tier one, two, three, and you group and you draft via tiers rather than numerical ranking but there's not just a tier ranking that's horizontal so to speak there's a vertical component too where who you've got at r2 might be your m20 so if people draft in a similar style of that where they draft vertically and horizontally in how they run the columns and the rows could mean they might see some value in gorn that's a big preamble to ask one big question. He'll be someone's R1. What round of the draft are you looking at Max Gorn? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, MJ. And, and it would be a fascinating draft. Imagine if you only said, hey, guys, we're doing round by round. But we're only allowed to pick defenders. And then we're going to do all the defender pool. And then we did mm. the mids. And that's, and that's why clearly the way everyone drafts, it doesn't work like that. And yes. that's why, you know, the vertical board is you've got all your backs in one column, you've got all your mids in one column, rucks and forts. They're just down the page. Mm. But as you said, I'm not just comparing Gorn to English and Marshall. If nice. I'm spending a pick on him, it's got to be. What else am I not? What am I not choosing in the other columns? That's right. And that's why for me, with where he's at, now you've got to factor in some of that upside that we just spoke about. If it breaks this way he's right back up to the real pointy end of the board. But clearly there is a guy there that's really, really good in his team Mm -hmm. and has been brought over for a reason. So for me, Ruckman in draft tend to go with that sort of same value as mids. Yeah. And what I mean by that is unless you're playing 16 people in a team, if you're just playing 10 people, there's Rucks that are in that bench spot, that reserve spot, Handcuffing becomes a lot more important. You can sort of manage it. So let's just assume it's it's a ten team league. Sure. I think Gorn for mine is going to be a low ninety. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at low ninety mids as his competition. Yeah. Which may sound crazy to people, but when you think about, it, there's over twenty mids that went over a hundred. Yeah. 
And typically, for every one mid drafted, yep. there's one of the other positions. So, for example, Selected. if you've got one mid, there might be one of defender or ruck. So by the time Correct. 20 mids are gone, there's typically 20 of those other positions gone as well. That's My right. point being, MJ, for me, there's probably 30, 35 mids that are around that average for me. Yeah. Which means that Gorn's probably in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. Yeah. Just purely on what I'm giving up because, you know, if I'm choosing a 95 mid, 90 mid, we know by the time you get to those back end of the mids, you're having to grab 75 guys. Yeah. There might be a Ruckman there that, you know, is an 80. You get a Reese Stanley. Yeah. You might get a Reese Stanley Segler double. Yeah. Um, And that's the point for me is that, as you mentioned, he could be the third ruck. He could be the best. But I think mm. I think third's about the highest he'd go. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think Marshall and English in some order ahead of him. Um, but as you can see there, if he's seventh, eighth, ninth round with those other mids that I just want to lock away. You just away can't say no depth, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's probably eighth round that you're starting to go, okay, this is, you know, that'd be a pick in the 70s in a 10-team league. Okay, let's take this guy that if it breaks right, I could pick up a forward status I could pick up more responsibility with one. team change. So yeah. I wouldn't be going before the seventh. Yeah. I think if you're taking him at the start of the seventh, you know, that's that's pick 61. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still pretty high. That's pretty high currency. So 100%. anytime after that, now, his name's Max Gorn, MJ. It's going to be pretty tough for a lot of casual fans to... Well, that'll be the I thing. They see the name. I, I think it's super coach formats they'll they'll draft him even a round or two sooner i was gonna say for a super coach, you'd have to move up just purely on how proficient because he is that. and the pie is still the same correct you can, you're still going to get rewarded and you can take advantage of those um if he That's is right. matched up with that second ruck there might be even more hitouts to advantage because as right. i said the, the 50 ruck hitouts a game just with the finite number of ruck contests but again as we know it's a big difference going up against that primary ruck. As opposed to number two. That, yeah, that number two. So, again, MJ's probably, if you're really bullish, he's probably a late fourth, early fifth in an SC format. Yeah, I'm all right with that there. But, again, you could come to the end of the season and say they tried they tried Rundy for six weeks. Um, ben Bruin was just red hot. McDonald was fit. Brown was fit. Um, they didn't really need Grundy. And, and Gorn's just back firing so i think that's where it comes to that point where you go i'm comparing him to these 90 mids but this 90 mid only has a best case of 95 whereas max gorn could grab four status after six weeks and then go back to 110 yeah that's what you've always got to caveat in especially in draft where it's it's first or nothing like yes we're not just trying to get a good rank no if you want upside and again breaks a certain way that's a league winning pick yeah, I think it's a good shout. Hey, mate, love your thoughts and processing as we all try to get our head around what's happening through the Melbourne midfield. We know Max Gorn will be relevant either because of what he does or how he impacts others. Remember, it's the 50 most relevant, not the 50 top scorers. Some great work from you on this episode, Kane. Thank you, mate. No worries, mate. If you want to go and read the article, it is online for you now. We've got some of the splits that Kane alluded to about the Cox and Nick Natanui numbers there, just to help you to process that, as well as all the other players we've revealed so far in the 50 Most Relevant. You can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv. The links for our Patreon supporter group, you can go and get that. There is a bunch of hidden uh, 
bits of content, podcasts, and rewards for you to go and check out, including our Keeper League rankings, where we have given you our top 50 players, put them into a number of different tiers. You can go and see that full season that is available for our Patreons only and Spotify podcast subscribers. Oh, by the way, if you do become a Spotify podcast subscriber, don't say that 10 times fast. Not only do you get those tier rankings, you'll also get our in-season round reviews, which are normally only reserved for our premium tier Patreon. So plenty of bonus stuff come for you if you jump in and support the coaches panel. Number 27 today is going to be a big one when we get to him. And uh, we've got a special guest on the podcast. He's had some nice high rankings over the past few seasons. Holmesy, you've heard him on the pod pod. Maybe you've seen him on Twitter. He's talking about number 27 tomorrow. Who are we talking about? We're going west. But how far west? And is it Western Australia? Or is it the Western Bulldogs? We're talking about a midfielder from the West of something. You'll find out tomorrow on the 50 Most Relevant. Give it all, now keep-